You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Coming up on this episode, we react to the news that Steve Bruce has left Newcastle United by mutual consent. I'm Andrew Musgrove and I'm joined by Mark Douglas as we look back on Steve Bruce's time in charge of Newcastle United, who could come in and replace him. And of course, there is that crucial game against Crystal Palace this weekend because despite all the money Newcastle United have got, they are still in the relegation zone. That game will be taken by Graham Jones. We look at what the future might hold for him as well. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and later on our podcast channel for the second time today on this Wednesday, <laughs> uh, the 20th of October. Of course, we were on earlier talking about the future of Steve Bruce and Mark sort of hinted that he felt it would be, he, would, he wouldn't he be in charge. You were trying to pin me down and say, do I think he's going to be here for Palace? And I pretty much felt he wasn't going to be here, but... You did say that. You did. You, you did. You kind of, you know, you, so people can go back and watch it. We will just confirm Steve Bruce has left Newcastle United yes. as head coach by mutual yes. consent. Graham Jones will be in temporary charge, so he will take charge of Palace this Saturday and we'll see what lies ahead after that. Um, it is the decision most people wanted, Mark. It was the decision that I felt had to happen, you felt had to happen. The fans made their feelings clear um, against Spurs and on social media. It is a, it is a, a kind of a scene of jubilation. I think that people are, st- are still being respectful, but it was clear that Steve Bruce's job was becoming quite untenable given the form. Seven wins in 38, no wins this season, most goals conceded in the Premier League. He's gone. Just give us, first of all, your thoughts on the, that news. Steve Bruce no longer in charge of Newcastle United. Um absolutely the correct decision um probably should have gone last week probably should have gone after the Sheffield United game last season probably should have gone after uh, the Bryant game last season so I think he's had a lot longer than he probably would have had at a lot of other Premier League clubs but absolutely the right call it was becoming a distraction um I felt that you know it was it probably would have been the right call to do last week um it's probably an indication I think that it's happened today that they have made well, I know they have made some progress in terms of a replacement and it probably tells you that they are ready to start the formal process, I think, of um, just making sure that they have the right candidate. I think they're now, they've gone past the point at which they were making um, calls. I think they've, you know, they, they, they went past the, the point at which they were, you know, sounding people out. They, they, they've done some good due diligence. And they're ready to make the next the next step, and I think that that shows now. Talking about Graham Jones being caretaker for Palace, I don't think it's going to be a long process for, for there to be an appointment. I think Fonseca is obviously the name that everybody's talking about. I know he figures highly in their in their list um, as well. So, and he's available. Um, as I said in the earlier um, pod, uh, it's very much a case that they are looking for a long term replacement for Steve Bruce. So, I think that you will see progress pretty quickly and I think it's it's a positive move from sake has got a, a good record I, I, I like the look of him He'll definitely be a step up on Bruce who I think I've got to be honest at times the tactics were analog 
in a digital Premier League era. You know, you've got some really good coaches there. I don't think he's a Premier League manager anymore. Um, and I think it's time for a change. And it was time for the owners to make that call. Um, so the quotes here from Steve Bruce on the website, he says, I am grateful to everyone connected with Newcastle United for the opportunity to manage this unique club. I would like to thank my coaching team, the players and the support staff in particular for all their hard work. They've been highs and lows, but they've given everything even in difficult moments and should be proud of their efforts. This is a club with incredible support. I hope the new owners can take it forward to where we all want it to be. I wish everyone the very best of luck for the rest of the season and beyond. We mentioned Graham Jones will take the team on an interim basis. Uh, he will be supported by Steve Bruce's uh, coaching staff. That is Steve Agnew, Stephen Clements, uh, Ben Dawson and Simon Smith will remain uh, for now. You mentioned there that, Mark, the, the process going forward we don't think or it'll be an interim manager. We spoke about this in the earlier podcast. Boy Hodgson being tipped by some, but you are of the impression that it will be a person who's going to be in from now for the long-term project. Yeah, that's it. Well, that was certainly the the impression that I was given from from speaking to people uh, around around this decision was that they are looking for long-term solutions. Um, it, it feels like you know the, the people, the kind of people that we're talking about are, um, you know, it, it will be a longer-term. Uh, decision. Um, they don't. They're not looking for a, a kind of Sam Allardyce figure to come in and save them from relegation. They want somebody who's who's got um, experience and, and and who can take them forward and who can work with them in terms of the first the first transfer window that they have in January. Uh, I don't see that there's any point in bringing in somebody on an interim basis and then spending big in January, which I think they will invest probably more than any other Premier League club in January. Uh, bear in mind that the bigger clubs have done their done their work in the summer. So, to me, uh, you know, fr from what I'm hearing, uh, there's absolutely no point in bringing an interim manager, and they won't. Uh, my feeling would be that the decision will be sorted by this time next week, at the very latest. Um, they they have done due diligence on candidates now. You know, there was a bit of a sense of chaos around it all last week because. You know, they needed Saudi PAF to sign it, sign off on it, which they which they have done now. I think probably the final straw was Sunday. If Newcastle would have won that game, or if they'd have put better performance in, then maybe they would have got a bit a bit longer. But look, this was going to happen from day one uh, when they came in. There was no doubt that Steve Bruce was going to be going to be gone um, long term. As I said earlier, you know, there was never never a question that he was going to he was going to stay long term. He wasn't the man for them. They handled it, I think, you know, I know Jamie Carragher criticised I think they handled it quite well, but wasn't, you know, they didn't undermine him in terms of, yes, okay, there were some briefings that this was what they intended to do, but that certainly wasn't what they said publicly, um, and they obviously released a statement, and they tried, we're in a difficult position because you don't want to undermine the manager in terms of actually saying that you're thinking of getting rid of him, but it was clear that that's what they were going to do, and the right decision, and um, now they face the biggest call so far of their very, very, very um, short tenure. I mean, in terms of a replacement, Mark, I mean, we've, we've already spoken about Fleska. Is he a real option, do you think? Eddie Hauser, the yeah. one who's been strongly linked? Uh, I feel at the moment Fonseca is probably the one that, that, that I'm hearing the most, the, the strongest vibes about. Um, Eddie Howes mentioned yesterday you'd want to talk to him. He's a club builder. Again, he's another person that, that, you, that you want to talk to. Um They've done a lot of sounding out. They've looked at some really 
big candidates. I think various people around the, the consortium have looked at some big candidates. I wouldn't rule out Stephen Stephen Gerrard. Obviously, he's well known to the, to the advisors around it. But Fonseca ticks a lot of ticks a lot of boxes. Um, football he plays is quite progressive. He's a very different character to Bruce. Much more meticulous. Bruce managed on instinct was very much a player's manager, got the players on side at first, kept the team in the Premier League for two years. I suppose if you're going to give him credit for something, it really is would be that. I think that, you know, they could have gone down the first season. He inherited a bit of a bit of a crisis and, and steadied the ship pretty much that season. Although, you know, the football was, was dreadful and progress was elusive for the next two years as well. They need somebody like a Fonseca. I think it looks like a good fit to me. Um and I wouldn't be surprised if that's where they go next. I don't think they've made a final decision yet, but I think due diligence is has been is pretty far on with this next move. If you are for Seca and you're looking at Newcastle United in the relegation zone, Mark, and the way they performed against Spurs and the way they performed this season, you've got to have a strong belief that you can obviously get Newcastle out of that. Do you think other managers linked will be looking at the situation Newcastle are in and yes, they, you know, they're going to get a big budget spend, they're going to get a nice wage, but the reality is Newcastle are in the relegation zone with a squad which is lacking depth, it's 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 not a brilliant squad. Does that maybe scare a few of the bigger names linked, do you think? They're miles away from being at a point where an Antonio Conte, I think, would look at them and think, I really want that job. Yeah, we've got to be honest about that. You, you know, would he? I suppose you, you can never rule these things out because Newcastle's an exciting project, and I know that they would have probably if they got the club and they wanted it to. I think he would have got a big name manager, a really big name manager, then because they had the whole summer to build and all that. Probably at this time, you know, a, a, anybody who does their due diligence on Newcastle United will know how much work there is to do. You know, we laugh about the. Well, we didn't laugh. We 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 despaired about the um, the bins full of ice at the training ground. You know, you've got a you've got a training ground that is championship standard at, at the very best, in my opinion. And you have Antonio Conte coming in to work with that. Yes, Rafa Benitez did it. Rafa Benitez is a different kind of character to to a Conte. You know, these elite coaches. I think you saw with um, Carlo Ancelotti at Everton. It doesn't work. That kind of thing. You need somebody in for the next phase of the job before you can go into a Conte. Is that's my opinion. You know, they might they might shock the world by getting in somebody who's who's amazing, but the noises around it and the feel of where we are at the moment, it really doesn't feel like a kind of Conte job. It doesn't feel like a, you know, a, 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 you know that kind of thing. I think Rafa would have been the ideal candidate for this phase, this next phase. But he's he's at Everton and he's a you know he's a guy with integrity and will not leave Everton at this at this stage. So. For me, it feels like you need a phase one manager. There's probably going to be about three or four phases to this project if it all goes to to, to plan. Remember, Pep Guardiola wasn't in at Manchester City the day one. Okay, Mancini did eventually come in. He was a very, very good manager. But Mark Hughes got a very long time at Manchester City. He went through a transfer window. They, they took over, I think, in the winter. He actually got a summer transfer window and then didn't get sacked until... I mean, he almost did a year at, at Man City. Because he was at that time, everybody talks about Marquis now and says, oh, God. But he was at that time, you know, a, a manager that, that did have a very good reputation. So they're looking for that kind of decent reputation manager now to take them take them to the next step. Um, and I think, you know, talk of Conte and people like that, I think feels premature. You know, they're only two weeks in. A lot of things have to be sorted uh, in the interim. You know, are they going to go for a sporting director? I think if you get a Conte in, 
he's not going to work, work with a sporting director if that's the route they go down, which I think they probably will. So they've got a lot. Of work, they've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do in the next few weeks. But I think this had to be done, and I, and I do think it's good. It's got it's got the the monkey off their back, if you will, of what you do about the manager. People asking why couldn't it be done last week? Well, you know, look, I think it probably tells you what was going on behind the scenes, which is not, you know, it was pretty chaotic last week. Not in a kind of like negative way, just in a kind of. Right here we are. How do what, what do we do? How do we all work together? Some really interesting quotes actually from Steve Bruce, who's done an exclusive interview with Luke Edwards of the Telegraph. Nice. And uh, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's suggested that might be his his final job because it's taken the toll on him. He says, "I wanted I wanted so badly to make it work. I was proud to be manager of Newcastle United, even in the dark times. I was determined to keep going and keep this club in the Premier League." Which he's done, Mark, and I guess in time history might look more kindly on Steve Bruce when you look at you know the fact Newcastle did remain a Premier League side, even though it's it, it's not yes. looking great now. Um, just in terms of getting this confirmation that he has gone and he won't be in charge for Palace, what will that do in terms of you think for the players and, and the coaching staff on the training ground? It gives them clarity, doesn't it? And I think that's what was needed. You know, you don't want to undermine his authority. Um, too much longer. I think it probably would have been difficult for him to go two, three, four weeks down the line with it very clear that the manager was was going to leave. Um, you know, and I don't think that was good for him. I don't think it was good for the players. I don't think it was good for, for the fans either. Um, in terms of Bruce himself, uh, you know, look, it was the right call. It, it had to be done. Um, I, I do sympathise if he was getting abuse and personal abuse. It, it absolutely unacceptable you know and and i think the level of toxicity towards him was a reflection on probably the people he was employed by who didn't do much or anything to protect him you know really on and you know i i don't see anybody suffer the way that he's sort of suffered for the last few weeks it, it's unfortunately it's a it's a horrible way of management you know it is it is it does happen um and you know it obviously happened to Alan Pardew as well and I felt I felt sorry for him as well and he would have cut Bruce very much to the bone I think he didn't get very good advice a lot uh, quite a few ways through it you know it, it became a very much a, a sort of two camps within Newcastle um the pro Bruce camp and then the kind of anti Bruce camp and you know it's just regret it's just regrettable and I think I had a sinking feeling when he got the job, partially because I didn't think he was the right man for the job, but secondly because I knew I knew what was going to happen, and and he's you know he's not a bad man at all, and I think that that was the that was the uh, you know he, he did clash with the media and you know obviously had no love lost with the Chronicle by the end. Some of the stuff he said was just ridiculous, and I think he, he you know he, he it was it was daft, but you know it's it's regrettable really and 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 he was left in that position by he was he was mike ashley's human shield um it was a job that he was handsomely rewarded for you know i have to say that as well and it is the, the lot of a manager but it will have cut him to the bone that he that he, that he was he wasn't wanted from day one but he was warned you know alan shearer told him not to take the job i think even probably some journalists who know him told him not to take the job and you know we are in that kind of horrible situation i think where there's a lot of bitterness about the fact that he, that he went. But as journalists, as, you know, me personally, you know, I felt that you had to tell the truth, which is that he that he wasn't the right man for the job and he should have gone at various points last season. 
Um, you know, he will obviously feel that it could have been handled better and he felt that he took abuse and, and those kind of things. And um, yeah, just horrible situation, really. I don't, I hate seeing this happen to managers. It happened with Pardew and, you know, I, I didn't like that either. Um, by the end, you know, the other managers have gone and, and it's been a totally different call. Chris Hewton went with very much like his head held high and, you know, still shakes everybody's hand in the press box. Um, coming back, I think Alan Pardew probably like now if he came back, it might be a different situation because a bit of water's gone under the bridge. But I think this will cut Steve Bruce deeply, and I think he will be. You know, I know he says he might not go back into management uh, because of the way that the things have gone. I think he'll be back, um, and probably at another club, not in the Premier League, would, would do a half decent job. But he wasn't the right man for Newcastle. He shouldn't have got the job, and. You know, unfortunately, it's played out how it has, but he has kept them in the Premier League. Um, so you have to give him credit for that. And you also have to give him credit for, um, you know, I think keeping things ticking along in that first season when, when it was, I don't think, I think a lot of people didn't want the job and he did take the job and he kept them ticking along. And, you know, fair enough, but he walks away with a, with a big payoff and he walks away with, um, you know, probably feeling like, it's not been the dream that he hoped it would be. Thank you for tuning in to today's Black and White Podcast. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. We just urge you guys to please subscribe to the podcast through whichever platform you use. Totally free to do. Just means every time we upload a new episode to our channel, you'll get a notification saying we've done just that and you can listen to it straight away. And if you get the chance to leave us a review as well, that would be much appreciated. That really does help us out. You can also follow Chronicle Live's new Cash United channels over on social media. We're at Chronicle NUFC on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can email us here at the show with your feedback, your comments, your questions, whatever. Just drop us a line at the EIBW podcast at reachplc.com. And you can also stay up to date with everything to do with the club by subscribing to our daily Newcastle United newsletter. That's also free. And you'll get a morning news roundup, an evening news roundup, and a breaking news alert as well. And that'll get emailed directly to your inbox. The link for that is in the show notes. Hit that, scroll down to sport-newcastle-united, tick the box, and you'll all be signed up. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll now get back to the show. I mean, Andrew Anderson there, Mark posts on Facebook. He says, thanks to Bruce for keeping Newcastle up last season. The takeover wouldn't have happened, but current results, it's the right time to go. I think, I think many people will actually, when they look at it and they take away the fury and the anger they've had towards Steve Bruce, I think when they actually look at it in the, in the real light of day, I think most people would agree with that comment. It, there's, there's two aspects to it, isn't there? The first aspect is what Steve Bruce did in the job. And then there's the kind of like where the club was through the whole time that he was there. And he became a lightning rod for criticism because Mike Ashley was was making it very clear that he wanted to sell the club. So suddenly the, the, the stick is not going towards Mike Ashley, it's going towards Steve Bruce. And I think you need that context it's a bit like with John Carver, you know, now people look back at the John Carver era and he, he obviously at the time it was it was bitter and toxic and stuff, but they had to he had to keep them in the Premier League um, with and he basically told he couldn't sign anybody. So I think, you know, there's always a reinvention there. And I think there's always a reinvention between you know, with, with what Alan Pardew did as well. Um, but this is Newcastle and, and, and it's it's a kind of place where for too long the wrong decision was made has been made on the manager and it's not been fair on the candidate who's got the job because they are you know they were Ashley's human shield really and I think Bruce definitely definitely came into that came into that category 
Um, I just felt like, you know, it, the problem is that in the you know it was clear there was there was different camps and it became this like ridiculous divisive issues. You get pundits telling you he's doing a brilliant job, um, other pundits telling you he's doing a stinking job, and uh, I don't know. It just became ridiculous. It's total circus, like it like it was with Rafa by the end. You know the, the, the circus around around that, and, and you know I, I just like to have a manager in who can be judged on what he does rather than politics and what people's preconceived ideas of him are. And I, and I think we're going to get that now. We're going to be a proper football club and actually have a manager who's judged on what he does and is actually going to have a chance to build something. And that is part of getting rid of the dysfunction of Mike Ashley's Newcastle United and looking forward and the new owners is we're going to get a manager in who's going to get the job because they believe he's the best man for the job, not because he's the only one who will take it or he's the only one who will work under Mike Ashley's constraints. You're going to get a manager who's actually in the job because he's good or because they think he's the right man and we'll judge him on that rather than what he says in press conferences or how much he's hammered Mike Ashley, which is just not being conducive to a properly run football club. I mean, these are the stats of Steve Bruce's time at Newcastle United. 97 games in charge, 28 wins, 28 draws and 41 defeats, a win percentage of 28.9%. So the stats are there, Mark. You know, when you when you look at the stats, you know, the results weren't good enough. You mentioned there the people coming in. We've mentioned a few of the names linked. It is a big job, though, isn't it? I mean, Newcastle United is, was already a big job to come into because of how much it means to everyone in the city. But now you've got the added pressure of being the richest club in the Premier League, one of the richest clubs in the world, all the baggage that comes of that. So the person that comes in is going to have to have quite broad shoulders to deal with all that. I, I bridle the idea that people say that Newcastle United is an impossible job or the expectations of the fans are too high. But I think we have to acknowledge that it is a unique job and that the tension and pressure on Tyneside is unlike other jobs in football. And I think even people like Rafa, even people like you know, Bruce, they don't, it takes them a while to understand how unique the football club is. And by that, it's not a criticism of the fans. It's not a criticism, I don't think, of, of how the media are around here and how we, we are. It's just that it's an intense football club that when things are going well, feels like it generates this massive momentum. But when things are going badly, um, it, it has an intensity of its own. Look at the stuff around the takeover and how, you know, the the, the, when it got when it got done, but even before then, for eighteen months, it was an obsession on Tyneside. People were tracking planes. You know, people were like people, it was their lives for eighteen months because that's how much this football club means to the people. And if you come in and you think it's another job, it's it has taken down some big big figures. Rude Hullet, one of the the biggest figures of his generation, didn't get the job. Tried to tried to act like it was something, uh, like it was nothing, you know, like it was just another job. Like, and the Sunderland game was another derby. And it and, he, and, it, and it, it cut him off at the knees. If you come into this job, you will soon, you think you know how difficult it is to um, manage a, a kind of big club because you won't see it as a big club because it's not a rail management. It's not that. If it's, it's, you have to get things right. You have to get the tone right. You have to understand what the football club's all about. And if you can do that, ask Rafa, ask Chris Hewton, ask, ask you know, so so many managers and so many players how good this football club can be to you. Ask the, the entertainers, David Ginola on Saturday, you know, Les Ferdinand. Ask these people what the football club, what it can be and the potential of it. 
and they will tell you what a fantastic, amazing institution it is. But if you get it wrong and you say the wrong things and you don't get it right, it doesn't matter whether you're a life boyhood Newcastle United fan or not, it will be a very, very difficult job to do. It is a hugely um, challenging role, but a hugely rewarding role if you get it right. Um, and I think too many people in football don't understand Newcastle United. They don't get it even when they get come into the job. And the, the, what they need to know, these, these, these new owners, is they need to get a person who's right, who's got the personality and the charisma to be able to manage that. Because I think they themselves, if I'm being honest, don't yet, haven't yet understood because they, they, how could they? Because they're not they're not here yet. They've done a lot of due diligence, but until you're actually in the hot seat, you probably don't realise exactly what it is like. Well, I mean, the discussion on BBC Five Live on Monday was the fact that there's no real football expertise on that board. I know Jamie Rubin was a QPR mark, but um, who, who, who do we think is maybe leading these negotiations to get the manager? Because you know that expertise of how to run a football club will be crucial in appointing the right manager. Um, well, they've obviously got Frank Partland in, who is a uh, who's an advisor as well, and uh, you know, so they do have people in there who know who know the football club. But I think probably what you're what you're kind of looking at is, um, you know, Amanda Staveley knows a few people in football, but it, but it will be they will be taking advice from those those people uh, those people around them. Uh, McPartland, I think Owen Brown, obviously, who's Ex kind of lieutenant of Rafa Benitez as well, so there is people around there who know the who who know the club and know uh, and, and so know the know football and know how you know know how managerial appointments are made. Um, but I think probably what you're gonna what you're gonna see in the next uh, next few weeks is that was why it took a while. You know that was why they didn't weren't ready to go straight away because probably they didn't have quite that mechanism in place. Um, but at the end of the day, you know the owners make these decisions. Mike Ashley made and Lee Charney weren't football people if you will but you learn as you go along and you become a football person and um yeah i think this is where they make their first decision they have to kind of decide where where to go next and just uh, finally Mark, i mean with the word positives of steve bruce's tenure here at newcastle i mean alan st maximum talks really favorably about the manager giving him his chance to express himself and you know the words and, and how would you sum up steve bruce's time at newcastle united um I think frustrating uh, and toxic at times. It went on too long. I think if 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 he had gone, uh, I've said this about Pardew. If he had gone earlier, I think it would have been a very different thing. Um, it would have been, you know, if he'd have gone in the summer, I think probably it would have been a different um, a different synopsis because he failed in the first nine games of this season. You know, a lot of people will, will typify as a failure. Um, I think probably down the road, we will say he saved the takeover by keeping him in the league. But I don't think there was much progress in his time. I think he summed it up himself when he said, my job at Newcastle United is to keep them ticking along. And he did that. And if that is your... And that was the end game of Mike Ashley's terrible reign was to keep Newcastle United ticking along. That's all he did for the last three years. I think actually it was decline, but Steve Bruce kept Newcastle United ticking along. But in the background, there was a lot of things going backwards. And I think that was the problem. And that's why this was the right decision. You expect, I think you alluded to earlier in the show, that this time next week, you would hope that the new manager will be in charge. I think so, yeah. Um, 
you know, as I said, like in the last Facebook Live, we uh, <laughs> the danger of making decisions because things do move really quickly in this with these new owners. But uh, I would expect there to be a decision pretty quickly. Fantastic. Well, Mark, thank you for joining us on the Everything is Black and White podcast for the second time today. As Mark said, things are fast moving and goodness knows what might break once we upload this one. But to everyone watching and listening, please remember to like and subscribe to whichever platform you are joining us on and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where Mark's shared his analysis of Steve Bruce leaving the club with all the breakout and fallout from this as well. And we'll keep you up to date with Steve Bruce's replacement if and when it, well, when it breaks. But thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your week.